Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Hey, Shop. Hey, Wonder Rob. Did you hear the latest news? What? What news? What news? Time travel has just been invented, Shop. An affordable time travel service. What? Really? Yes, really, and I've got all sorts of plans for it. Like, what's, what's like the first thing you're going to do? Isn't it obvious? I'm going to go back in time, have sex with your mom, what? and be your dad. What? Uh, that, that's not how it works. You can't go back in time and just become my dad. I got news for you. I already did. Wait, what? Oh, no, I'm... I'm I'm disappearing. No. Hey, Groff's here too. Hey, Groff, my beautiful baby boy. How you doing? How are Dad? you? Oh, I'm doing so good, son. You ready to record this podcast? Ah, oh, can't wait to record another podcast with you, Dad. I love you, son. I love you too, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We move up Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek news all day. Welcome back, fellow geeks, to another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for all things geek. My name is Shoff, and Groff, uh, thankfully, uh, disappeared from existence. I was able to go back to the past and stop Wonder Rob from having sex with my mom, because that's gross, and uh, <laughs> and therefore I allowed for my existence to occur. So Shoff is here, too, and shall remain here, too. So uh, anyways, thank you so much for joining us. This is Geek, so to speak. Uh, and we'd like to bring you all the latest in geek news. We have a special topic. We got special guest segments that we do every single week as well. But I always have my very best friend with me to do this podcast with. He is the co-host with the most. The, um, the doc to my Marty. Give it up for the wonderful Wonder Rob. How you doing, Wonder Rob? I'm doing so good. I got to tell you, Shaf, you may have stopped me physically from having sex with your mom, but mentally, I'm still there, baby. <laughs> you are inside. Can't get rid of these memories, baby. <laughs> your inside is inside right now. <laughs> I am going to miss Groff, though. Poor old Groff. Groff, Groff was, uh, from what I understand, from what I hear, he sounded like he was 
he had gone through puberty, probably very young, and uh, his balls had dropped very low. And well, his so those Wonder Rob jeans. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't take that into consideration that that your DNA would have brought upon quite the manly man. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <sighs> Well, too bad you ruined it. Yeah. I'll never be back. <laughs> uh, for, the, for the fellow geeks that are still listening to us after this episode so far, <laughs> uh, we just want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, if it's your first time joining us, a little bit of what we're all about. Uh, we've been doing this for quite some time. What are we at, like six years now, Wonder Rob? Probably. Somewhere around there. But anyways, this is the 191st episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, we are in season six, uh, of our podcast, uh, and it's just going really, really, really well. So well that we have become a podcast network. That's right. We are the parent podcast to a bunch of other podcasts. Um, and I wanted to briefly take a moment, uh, and, uh, sort of just speak to those. So, uh, if you're a star Wars fan, we've got a star Wars podcast. It's a short form podcast featuring our very own Cinemark and Vactor of Vactor Loves Comics. Uh, and they will be talking about all things Star Wars every single week. And uh, their podcast is called The Holdo Maneuver. So look forward for, uh, look forward to that every single week. Um, additionally, if you like Star Trek, if you're a Trekkie like me, then you can find myself and Vactor as well on a podcast that we do every week uh, that's focused on Star Trek. Specifically right now, we're doing Star Trek Picard Season 2, which is uh, which just started up. So we're doing weekly recap recaps on that. It's a lot of fun. And then if you are a vidiot, if you are a video game fan or a gamer, uh, you definitely do not want to miss the Sandbox Gamers, which features our very own Wonder Rob. Yeah, that's me, everybody. <laughs> and Vactor, who uh, has enough time for 27 podcasts. Um, and then also Jeff W., the always angry Jeff W. Um, so the three of them discuss uh, video games, what they're playing, a lot of video game news. I know just recently they they reviewed Elden Ring, which is my least favorite video game of the past <laughs> at least year, two years. Um so uh, you'll definitely want to get their thoughts on all things video games from that podcast. But we've made it really easy to find all these podcasts. If you just go to our website, geeksotospeak.com, um, there's going to be a link in there for the, our network. And you just click on that, and then you can get to all of our podcasts right then and there. Um, also, if you just want to type it all in at one time, geeksotospeak.com forward slash network. So thank you so much. Uh, please be sure to subscribe and rate and review our podcast. Uh, it Honestly, it keeps us going because it keeps us in your search results. It keeps more people finding out about us so we can continue to grow and mature into the very best geek news podcast you've ever heard of in your entire life. Yes. Yes. That's us. <laughs> so... Um, Without further ado, Wonder Rob, I think we've got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to get into it, so I think it's time for some of that geek news. Geek news! Nude! Nude! Nude news! All right, so geek news time. We've uh, each brought three stories to the table, and we're going to go ahead and share those for you. Wonder Rob is going to get first dibs, so what do you want to talk about <gasps> today? Who? Little old me? Yeah. All right, well, let me tell you about some movies that I know we're all anticipating. Aquaman, Flash, Shism, 2, that is. Shism? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Super Pets, Willy Wonka. We're all looking forward to this. <laughs> These are probably our most highly anticipated movies of 2022. I can't think of any other movies coming out this year. Well, I've got bad news for you, Shop, because the, the what is it? The power structure... No, the the power hierarchy in the DC universe is going to change. No, how does Dwayne the Rock Johnson always say it, Shaf? Uh, he says, uh, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. That's right. That's right, because the hierarchy is about to change. You know, you've seen it, Shaf. You probably saw a, a trailer for DC's upcoming slate of movies in front of the Batman. I did. Oh, or yeah. way back, however long ago when DC Fandom came out, they put out like the the Flash, Shazam, Two Black Adam, uh, Aquaman, whatever other movies. Twenty twenty two, baby. Well, <laughs> turns out DC stands for Doze Cucks. <laughs> because they're liars <laughs> I was like what is he going to say here I'm trying to think up something I'm like um, uh, Doesn't comprehend I don't know but no yours is No 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 it's those cucks <laughs> Because they have shuffled The release dates of several movies Including the ones that they were uh, Promoting to come out in 2022 So let me, let me tell you all about it So Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom And The Flash are both being pushed from 2022 shaft to 2023, supposedly to COVID-induced uh, production delays with the visual effects teams. Uh, Aquaman Dose is going from December 16th, 2022, that's when it was supposed to come out this year, to March 17th next year. So a year from now, Shaf, it's coming out. Meanwhile, The Flash is speeding away, get it, from November 4th, 2022 to June 23rd, 2022. 23 those two movies were going to come out a month apart probably a good idea uh black adam is pushed from october or excuse me is being pushed to october 21st 2022 uh cinemark's most anticipated movie dc league of super pets because it it has two of his <laughs> favorite things bad superheroes and cartoons <laughs> and it's that's being moved to July 29th, 2022, which uh, coincidentally was Black Adam's original date. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods gets to move up just a little bit to June 2nd, 2023. Now, uh, in non-superhero movie releases, just in case you were curious, Shaft, Willy Wonka origin story that we've all been dying for, that we've all been petitioning. Please tell me. I want to know all about how Willy Wonka got his chocolate factory that movie is being pushed back several months to March 17, 2023 to December 15, 2023. And finally, Ugh. Meg 2, The Trench, starring Jason Statham, will be swimming into theaters. Get it on August 4th, 2023. So hope you guys out the there. Meg was having a sequel. That's crazy. Every time I hear The Meg, I first of all, I've never seen The Meg. Neither have I. But every time I hear the title, I think of... Meg from Family Guy, yes. and I don't even watch Family Guy. Shut I just up, picture. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> I think of her. But anyway, 
I hope you weren't looking forward to anything coming out from DC anytime soon because they uh, they got you all hyped. Yeah, seriously. And then they said, "Just kidding." Actually, the hopefully Michael Keaton doesn't die before these all that come I was out. really looking forward to is the Flash, and so that's a real big bummer that we don't get to see it this year. Well, Just gotta stay no alive Flash long for you. enough, I guess. Uh, well, it, it makes sense because DC probably is not going to perform as well as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Let's just call a spade a spade. True. We're bipartisan here, but we do lean a little more toward the left, left being Marvel. Right. Yes. So you could call us lefties on this show. <laughs> We're definitely lefties on this show. We dress to but the it, left, all right? <laughs> yes, we hang to the left, and we dress to the left, and that's about it. Anyway. So more on that as it develops, everybody. But don't expect to see anything from DC anytime soon. That is some sad news, Wonder Rob. Well, I've got some great Marvel news. Um, whereas DC is pushing things back, Marvel is moving things up. That's right. So uh, in some Marvel news related to Spider-Man No Way Home, um, I don't know if you saw this, Wonder Rob, but there was apparently mm-hmm. a high-quality leak of Spider-Man No Way Home that surfaced online. And Uh uh, in response to this, Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios have decided to push the release of the the digital platform um, version of this film uh, by like a week. So um, it was supposed to be coming out on the 22nd of March. That's when um, iTunes was going to have their digital release of this movie. But now they've moved it to March 15th, only like four days from now, uh, because of this leak that is already available online for those who are, uh, you know, seeking it out, doing the torrent thing. Uh, Sure. So, so yeah. So we don't have to wait too much longer if you want to watch it digitally, which is great because I only saw it once in the theater. I wish I could have seen it more. Um, and uh, as far as like if you're more into the physical media, um, if you're looking for that instead, then you can expect to enjoy it on 4K Ultra HD or Blu-ray and DVD on April 12th. So that's the news about that. What do you think about leaks and piracy and that kind of stuff when it comes to movies? Oh, I love them. Support them fully. <laughs> Get these Hollywood actors off their high horses. Oh, you need... You need more money for your solid gold submarine. Oh, do you need more money? Do you need another bedroom for your 10,000 square foot double decker home? Is that what you need? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting to me because obviously they're after as much money as they can get from it. So they have to release this movie earlier because everyone's just going to get the free version otherwise. So. Yeah. Uh, Do you need more money to build another another land in your theme parks, Disney? <laughs> is that what you need? You want to cancel the Avengers ride? Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to do? Babies. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had a little bit of other Spider-Man news that I wanted to share as well. Okay. I'll um, allow it. But I got to say, my Google Chrome has just taken an absolute shit. Poo-poo? Uh, Take a poo-poo. It took a poo-poo. Did um, it take a poo-poo shop? It took a widow. A we may have stinky. to come back to this story because it it's not. Oh, is it finally loading? My goodness. What a crazy. I'll tell you what, shop. I'll move on to my next story and then we'll circle back. Yeah. Sounds good. Unless it's up in three seconds. One, two, three. That's 
That's what I say to my it wife is. when it we're is doing open it. Three seconds. <laughs> wow, you control this so much. Okay, so <laughs> uh, there was some news related to some featurette footage. So obviously, when this uh, d- the Spider-Man No Way Home movie does officially come out, there's a bunch of other featurettes that you'll be able to watch and bonus scenes and things like that. One of the featurettes is called Spider Suits, Goblin Gliders, and the Costumes of the Multiverse. Uh-huh. Spider-Man No Way Home. But I think there was one bit of this news that I found really, really interesting. And, and I wonder if you knew this one, Rob. So did you know that Tom Holland's body for mm. half of this movie was fake? I'm very familiar with Tom Holland's body. <laughs> okay. And I could spot the fake one a mile away, Sean. So you, so you knew, <laughs> you knew that that butt wasn't his. You know where he was? He was spreading around that rumor that somebody was wearing a fake butt. Somebody was wearing a fake butt. I don't know who. Ned. We all thought it Ned. was. Uh, we all thought it might be Andrew Garfield because he lies about everything else. But no, that's true. Here's the thing. So Tom Holland was originally supposed to be wearing the red and black suit that he first donned in Spider-Man: Far From Home for that mm-hmm. final chunk of the of the uh, movie, but. The nanotech-infused in- integrated suit was eventually mm-hmm. added, uh, and because it was so late in the production process, Tom Holland's body had to be digitally recreated using the updated suit. So about halfway through the film, Peter gets the nanotech back from Doc Ock. Spoilers, obviously, but um, uh, he cures him, and then it comes off of Doc Ock's arms, and it creates this hybrid suit over his, whatever he's wearing uh, in Happy's condo. The idea of that came up uh, after shooting. So they basically shot half the movie with him wearing this red and black costume that now wasn't correct since he had gotten the nanotech. So from his body, from his his neck down, is completely CG and just wild. So he basically was a digit double. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds about right. That's Marvel's, that's really Marvel's MO when it comes to Spider-Man. He's he's very computery looking compared to all the other heroes. It's true. It's true. I mean, I think for the most part, it it they're able to make it look fairly seamless. Uh, unlike some of the CGI that happens in this movie that we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, the Adam Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, I was shocked to find that about um, about the suit, which also kind of sucks to me. I think because you know when you're playing Spider Man or really when you're playing any superhero, like you want to have like you want to get to put on a costume, right? Like there's something about sure. wearing the costume, but a lot of characters now are wearing motion capture suits instead of costumes. So like you don't get to really feel like your character as much as, as um, say another person would. So sure. Uh, so that kind of sucks. Well, you know what? When I'm in charge of Hollywood shop, I'll make a change. <laughs> <laughs> President of Hollywood wonder Rob like the sound of that <laughs> good you can start by cleaning the floors <laughs> i will clean the floors of hollywood you'll see i'll be the most hollywood president <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> anyway uh, is this going to be the episode where we try to fit in as many back to the future uh bits of dialogue as possible i don't shot that horse <laughs> Hey, McFly. Look at his shoes. What's that writing? Is that some sort of engine talk? (laughs) 
<laughs> Look at the moccasins. What kind of skins is them? That's right. That, that's the line. Don't judge me because I didn't say it right. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Don't. You can always Especially count on me to get... Dog ugly hat. <laughs> you can always count on me to get some kind of movie dialogue kind of wrong. Let me ask you a question. A solid question, all joking aside. Are you kin to that Hey Barber? <laughs> What's, What's your name, your, dude? What's your name, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, moving on. Moving on. Frisbee, far out. Moving on. I mean, you got to use your hands. Cold like a peacemaker. <laughs> Shot in the back by Buford Tannen. Over a amount of $80. What kind of future do you call that? <laughs> okay. Moving on, though. For real, Shaf. Milk. Chocolate. Shaf, stop. Shaf, you're my density. You're my density. (laughs) We did the same one at the same time. (laughs) Best friends, everybody. Best friends. All right. (laughs) Okay, for real. Let me let me get back into news reporting mode here. Flying DeLorean. Haven't seen one of those in 30 years. It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right then. Leave. (laughs) Shop's having a seizure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Disney is being slammed by the Barrett's Television Council for adding Daredevil to the streaming service. That's right, Shop. Uh, I don't remember if we reported on this officially, but Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, The Punisher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are coming to Disney Plus on March 16th. And the Parents Television Council, you know, that uh, council that everybody cares of and has definitely heard of before today, has spoken out against Disney for their choice to add Daredevil and the other former Netflix series to their streaming service, saying that it would, quote, destroy your brand. Because the leading experts on Disney's brand is definitely the Parent Television Council. Uh, They said, quote, For more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family-friendly, and I can think of no other corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and wallets of parents and families. Uh, Disney Plus logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service, and parents have put their trust in Disney to deliver that, and it seems wildly off-brand for Disney Plus to add TVMA or R-rated programming to this platform, ostensibly to increase subscription revenue. So what comes next? Adding live striptease performances in Fantasyland or Disney World? End quote. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Could you imagine? Sign me Disney up. Disney Gaston. Oh, my God. Shaf would love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ten points for Gaston. Give me the ugly stepsisters. <laughs> when I was uh, a lad, I ate four dozen eggs. So um, the PTC, as they call them, uh, said there's, quote, no need for Disney to compete with other explicit content stre- streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with the streaming platform and is the safest one out there for families. It's foray into TVMA rated fare will forever tarnish its family friendly crown. This is so silly because I don't know if you know this Shaf, but Disney is going to be implementing parental controls, password protection into Disney plus, which makes sense because 
considering all the content that is on the platform. Yeah. So it's not like it's going to be freely available. And any responsible parent will probably go ahead and add a code. If, if you don't want your children watching this, it's fine. But I think this is really what Disney Plus needs, personally. Outside of the marquee Disney shows there, I, and, and the occasional children's programming for my son, I very rarely use Disney Plus. But if they started adding more, like let's say the deep cuts from the Fox library that they own, like get all the diehards on there, Sean. Uh, get those lethal weapons on there. I don't know if that's Fox or not. But... <laughs> Or even like Fox TV shows, like could put Married with Children on there or something like that, but put it password protect. I would probably use that app a little more. So I don't see what the problem is here. And if if you're complaining about your kids watching Daredevil on Disney Plus, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Not a the rest of us problem. I agree. I agree. So <sighs> that's that, Shaf. That's that. What else is going on? Um, okay. So TV news. So obviously we're just, uh, we're coming off of the, uh, the heels of the Batman, which we reviewed last week. Um, of course, uh, something that's been in the works for quite some time that is, uh, sort of a spinoff of the Batman, or at least of the universe in which the Batman lives in, um, was supposed to be a, a series focused on the GCPD, the Gotham city police department. And this mm-hmm. was going to be another thing that Matt Reeves was doing, and it was going to feature Jeffrey Wright's uh, Jim Gordon. However, it seems those plans have changed, which is kind of interesting to me because just first and foremost, the Batman is doing very well at the box office, and it's, it was pretty well received. It certainly was not like poo-poo. There's not not a whole lot of hate being spewed on this movie. So it's weird that Warner Brothers would then be like, tweaking ideas within the realm of like a spinoff for something that's successful. (laughs) Like, like usually you tweak stuff because the movie wasn't well well received. It wasn't like, uh, you know, no one really cared. It didn't bring the numbers. Maybe it was a box office bomb or something. They're like, Oh great. We just have, we have a bomb and now we have a series. that's a spinoff. We're going to cancel the spinoff. Forget it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. But even still, this GCPD thing is no more. It's been put on a hiatus or canceled indefinitely. Um, It's going to focus instead on a different aspect of Gotham's history. So this is a quote from Matt Reeves. He was speaking to a YouTube channel, the cyber nerds, and he uh, suggested that the show um, has kind of evolved. He said, we've actually moved more into the realm of exactly what would happen in the world of Arkham as it relates coming off of our movie and some of the characters again in their origins, it's like a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. Um, And he said, again, the way that Gotham is a character in the movie, I really want to see Arkham exist as a character as well. So you go into this environment, encounter these characters in a way that feels really fresh. And so in our work on Gotham, that story started to evolve. It started to feel like, oh, wait, we should really lean it, lean into this. This is kind of where that's gone. So instead of it being a GCPD spinoff show, it's going to be a show about Arkham and some kind of haunted, maybe supernatural element to Arkham. What do you think <laughs> about that? Well, the way he says it made me roll my eyes. He's like, you know, the character of Gotham City, the character of Arkham. It reminds me of like... You know, in Sex in the City, there's really five characters. You got Samantha, you got Carrie, you got that other girl, 
You got that other girl? And then the f- New York is really the fifth character on the show. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Arkham is really like the third top build character in the Batman movie. It's There's Batman, and then there's the Riddler. And then if you really think about it, Arkham. Isn't that such like a, a like a filmmaker that wants to be taken seriously type? Yeah. Quote? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> like it's not a character. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I outside of that, I mean, I think I'd be more interested in seeing a a, a, a series revolving around what's going inside Arkham than Gotham PD because what was it? What was the the show that was that already? Was it called Gotham? It was called Gotham. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just called it Gotham. It was. It was focused on Jim Gordon. Like it obviously it was a different version of Jim Gordon, but it was yeah. Jim Gordon and oh, shoot his his partner. Why am and I blinking? It was Jim name? Gordon and a Batman who looked like he was wrapped in adult diapers and spray painted <laughs> himself black. <laughs> That's what he looked like. I'm going to take this diaper. I'm going to put it on my head. I'm going to take these diaper flaps. You know, the diaper flaps that are sticky on both sides. I'm going to put them at the top. And that's those are my ears. I am the knight. I am vengeance. Take that shit stick. Um, and I, I was not a fan of Gotham. I watched for the first season and then I fell off of it. It wasn't for me. Somehow so I, I got through that whole series. I'll tell you what, there were some, there were some seasons that were pretty good. Um, but all in all, not, not a great show. No. Um, especially what they did with Joker. Good Lord. Um, oh yeah. But, I'm the Joker. I'm dead, but don't worry. My twin brother, he's also the Joker. <laughs> So it all worked the, out. He's, we're we're all proto jokers until we're not. So um, yeah, great. Uh, but in addition to that, we still can also look forward to a spinoff series uh, focused on Colin Farrell's um, Penguin character. Um, and uh, so yes, we have at least two things plus potential sequels uh, for the Batman as well. So uh, no shortage of Batman content coming in the future. Uh, I think an Arkham show could be fun, could be interesting, especially if we get... I, I want to see them talk more about some of the the other characters, like maybe lesser-known Batman characters, not, like, the top tier. I want to see more from, like, Calendar Man, uh, uh, Professor Pig, uh, Man Bat. Like, I want to see, like, weird stuff. I want to see, like, really weird stuff. Solomon Grundy, get him in there. I want to see... Solomon Grundy would be cool. Yeah. I want to see Clayface. Again, I'm going to keep saying it every episode until it happens. I want to see Clayface. Put Condiment King in there. Condiment King. (laughs) Yeah, see, there's there's so much they could do. There's so many characters they could pick from. That was one thing that was great with Peacemaker is they would reference tons of, of characters that are maybe, like, definitely not top tier talent, um, within the DC universe, but like they just by referencing them, it makes them feel more real. Like they're part of this universe. So, yeah. Well, um, in, in the Snyder verse where that show takes place, it's, it's been confirmed that Batmite exists. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so I guess, um, I think they probably are doing the smart move here, but it's just weird that they would change gears, uh, after the success of a movie. So, well, only time will tell, Shaf. Only time will tell if any of these are good ideas. Hopefully they are. But I've got a really good idea for you. Something that time does not need to tell. Because this is good on paper, good on practice. Uh, Konami is releasing 
the Kawabunga collection. Emphasis on bung. The Kawabunga <laughs> the collection. The Kawabunghole collection. <laughs> now, what is the Kawabunga collection, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. It is every, oh, well, almost every, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game ever released Ooh. in one collection. Even doubles. That's right. So, Sony's state of play was just the other day, Shaf, as a yes. recording. Now, I'm not going to get deep into the state of play because our sister show, The Sandbox Gamers, we actually did a deep dive into the state of play, including all the other video games that were announced. So if you want to hear our thoughts and a, and a, and a nice discussion on the state of play, tune into The Sandbox Gamers because that available, or excuse me, that episode is already available. But nice. even though... We talked about it on there. We would be we would be foolish not to talk about this, considering this is one of our greatest passions. So every Ninja Turtle game, every classic Ninja Turtle game is coming out in one collection. Let me list these off to you, Shaw. Okay, I can't wait. And I tell me which ones you've played. Okay. Because I'm curious. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Played it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade version. Absolutely. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES, the the, the original top-down side-scrolling one. On the NES? No, I yeah. have not played that. Oh, consider yourself lucky, Shaf. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game for the NES. No, I had very little, I had very few NES games growing up as a kid, so I definitely did not play very much on the NES. Super NES, plenty, but NES, okay. I had very little, yeah. So it's probably safe to say you didn't play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project on the NES. No. uh, Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the NES. But did you play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time on the Super NES? Yes. I also played it on the, is it called the Famicom? That's, well, the Famicom, the Super Famicom is, is the SNES. Uh, but that's the Japanese version. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I've played yeah. both versions. Yeah. I played the Ooh. Japanese one and I played the uh, the North American one. How's bragging camp going? <laughs> Pretty good, man. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the SNES. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Hyperstone Heist on the Sega Genesis. Oh, by the way, yes, I did play Tournament, Tournament Fighters on Super NES. I own both of those games on Super NES still. So as I recall, not too long ago, well, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for quite a while, but before we did the podcast, there was a night where I came over to your home and we played tournament fighters, I think, or maybe we played turtles in time and, and beat that, but we definitely had a turtles night. Yeah, we definitely had a turtles night. I know we certainly played turtles in time tournament fighters. I'm not sure if we played that one, but I'm actually... I'm surprised. I had no idea that there even was a tournament fighters on NES. That seems so weird to me. Like the graphics had to have been awful. Oh yeah. I mean, well they're, they're night and day, but the, the systems overlapped. I mean, the, the NES was still selling like gangbusters while the SNES was out. It's like PlayStation four games coming out and they're also making PlayStation five versions. It was the same thing. Um, so let's see hyperstone heist on the Sega Genesis. I never played. I didn't have a Sega Genesis until late in its life cycle. Uh, Tournament Fighters on the Sega Genesis. Uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles follow the Foot Clan on the Game Boy. Shoff. I did have a Ninja Turtles game on the Game Boy, but it wasn't that one. It had to do with some kind of rescue. 
Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get okay. to that. Follow the Foot Clan I've played and beat. I actually even played that game from top to bottom on our YouTube page, Shaf. Plug to the Geek, so to speak, YouTube. Do a little searching. There is me playing Follow the Foot Clan from top to bottom on the YouTube page. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I did it. I even did it manually. I, I plugged in the SNES. I got the Super Game Boy, put in the Game Boy cartridge, Shaf, and played that son bitch. Um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 back from the sewers on Game Boy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue. That's the one. That's the one. You start out with only access to one turtle. I'm trying to figure trying to remember which one you start out as, but then you have to basically like rescue the other three turtles. So you um you don't have a choice on who you pick. Hmm. I want to say you have to play as Donatello. To that's start. a solid that's a solid start. It's a solid start. Yeah, that is a solid start. So uh, the Cowbunga Collection is coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, uh, PC via Steam, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the whole collection will cost $40 shop. Is that a good value or what? Beyond good value. I I believe that every single time they've re-released Turtles in Time, whether it be on the Xbox uh, Arcade Xbox Live Arcade or in any other format, I've always purchased it. <laughs> like I have so many versions of that over the years, but it doesn't matter. I need to have it on whatever console I'm currently playing on because that's got to happen. Now, I'm reading the list off of Polygon. I ha- I did read somewhere that this is also including co-op, but all the stories I've read since then regarding this have not mentioned it. So I guess I can't necessarily comment on whether or not there's actually co-op in there. But if there is, Shaw, you know we're going to play. You know we're going to make some Let's Plays for the YouTube page. I would love that. As, uh, if they've got an online co-op option, you, I'm definitely doing that. If it's couch co-op, I mean, I love couch co-op too, but that doesn't help us. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help us. But if it's online, we're doing it. So uh, this is coming out this year sometime. Um, and, of course, TMNT Shredder's Revenge is supposed to come out this year sometime too. I'll no be picking that one up too, on that. no doubt about it. All right, so that does it. I think that might be it for Geek News this week, Shaf. Nope, we got one more article. What? One more? <laughs> one more? Oh, yes, I see it. That's what happens when you actually look at the agenda. Okay. <laughs> um, we would be remiss. We would not be uh, the true geeks that we are if we did not mention probably the biggest Star Wars news to, mm-hmm. to hit this past week. And that's the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer uh, debuted. And so we got to see about like a minute 40 uh, second uh, trailer that featured uh, footage from this new series. That's going to be debuting on Disney plus on May 25th, I believe. Um, and even though we have our sister podcast, The Holdo Maneuver, uh, which, as we mentioned, uh, hosted by our very own Cinemark and Vactor of Vactor Loves Comics, um, and I'm sure they're uh, going into a much deeper dive on this, uh, I, I felt like we needed to mention this. Like, sure. this, is, this is important stuff. So um, I found on denofgeek.com, they've got a really great breakdown of the of the trailer so i kind of wanted to go through and and highlight a few things i'm not going to go through every single one obviously but um but i guess first and foremost what did you think wonder rob about this trailer i thought that i specifically would not watch it and let me tell you why because as we've mentioned briefly on the show in the past a certain significant other of one of the co-hosts is actually in this show. That's right. And 
I decided, you know what? I'm going to go in cold just so I can have the surprise. I'm, I'm going to watch it with my wife. My wife my wife got a small, small, small part in Obi-Wan. Um, when I say small, it's nothing. She's not like a main character or anything. She's in one or two scenes in one of the episodes uh, standing in the back somewhere. But still pretty rad, if you ask me. Oh, it's awesome. So yeah. we are, we're going to watch it together. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to soil the experience, so I actually made a point not to watch. Oh dang! Okay, so maybe I shouldn't talk. But you about can this. tell me. You can tell. Let's go over it. We'll talk about it. I'm committed okay. to this podcast, but I'm. Pro- I'm just not going to watch the trailer. But you can go ahead and tell me some facts. Okay. All right. So what we do know about this uh, this show, based on the trailer, based on information, is that this is a six episode series. Mm-hmm. Um, it picks up ten years after the prequels. Jedi are pretty much wiped out after the purge. Uh, Obi-Wan is basically, <coughs> excuse me, exiled on Tatooine and the empire reigns. The Sith are in control. And, uh, so we get to sort of see what's been going on for Obi-Wan in these 10 years. Um, and, uh, we do see him on Tatooine. He's sort of, uh, basically a watchful protector of Luke Skywalker, who is a little mm-hmm. kid in this, uh, in this trailer. Um, he's riding around on like a star Wars version of a camel. Um, walking through town. Um, it's, it seems very, it kind of seems like a bleak show so far. Um, at least from the trailer, it seems pretty bleak. Uh, uh, Obi-Wan is definitely a broken character at this point. He's pretty faithless. He's beaten. Uh, he's given up obviously, uh, by the end of revenge of the Sith, they've lost the Jedi are all but extinct at this point. Um, so he's just staying hidden. Uh, we've also got some interesting shots of um, some other characters, some antagonists for uh, for Obi-Wan. We've got, um, and, and these are characters who have not necessarily these specific ones, but versions of this character have appeared uh, in other Star Wars properties like Rebels or mm-hmm. uh, Fallen Order, the video game, which I want to talk about <laughs> uh some point during this episode, if we can, we'll, we'll uh, save it for the life updates. Okay, we'll save it for that. Okay, but there's um, they're referred to as the brothers or the sisters, third sister, second sister, all that stuff. So you've got mm-hmm. those characters. You've got the Grand Inquisitor, uh, who is basically these are Jedi hunters, and so they are the antagonists of this of the season. And they're on the hunt for any remaining Jedi. They're basically, their job is to find any remaining Jedi and kill them. Uh, so um, definitely they're after and sniffing out for that Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice. The, with the Grand Inquisitor, um, apparently one of the most popular villains in Star Wars. Um, but he was first introduced in the Rebels animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, he's f- he's a, His species is called... Uh, Powan, I'm totally probably mispronouncing that, but he's from the planet of Utapa, which is featured in Revenge of the Sith, actually, um, because that's where General Grievous is hanging out. He's on that planet um, where Obi-Wan is riding that weird lizard and everything, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, but, uh, but his character in that movie his head is really stretched. Like it's, it's very like vertically stretched. Um, in this particular trailer, it's anything, but it actually seems like he's like just a perfectly like 
spherical head. So, so if something happened to his head <laughs> in wow. the 10 years since Revenge of the Sith. So we feel bad about him. Maybe he shouldn't be testing out any, uh, um, <laughs> any products <laughs> or <laughs> things like that without reading the labels Ooh. first. Um, but anyways, <coughs> he says the key to hunting Jedi is patience. Um, so we get to see a lot of other characters. Uh, probably the coolest part about this Grand Inquisitor guy is his weapon of choice, a double-bladed spinning lightsaber. What? Yeah, so it takes Darth Maul to the next level by actually spinning on its own. Uh, so it's a pretty wild shot, very cool visual effects. It'll be interesting to see how fights go um, in this. Uh we see some <clears throat> we see some of uh, Uncle Owen. So Joel Edgerton is back playing Uncle Owen, who he uh, played at the end of Revenge of the Sith as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another planet that's heavily featured in this trailer called Dayu, and it's supposed to have sort of like a Hong Kong feel to it, very like graffiti ridden with a lot of nightlife. It's very edgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see about more about that. Uh, we get to potential for some clone troopers. So we might even be seeing the live action version of Captain Rex or oh, Captain yeah. Cody from uh, uh, from Clone Wars. Um, played yes, by, I know who both those people are yeah. and I so, am excited. And it would make sense, too, because obviously they already have uh, Timura uh, Morrison, who was back as Boba Fett. Uh, so he could theoretically reprise his role as one of the clones as well. We also mm-hmm. get some great music. We get Duel of the Fates back again, um, Battle of the Heroes, which was from Revenge of the Sith, Duel of the Fates, of course, from uh, Phantom Menace. And we also get some heavy breathing from none other than Darth Vader. So uh, we will be getting um, Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader in this series as well. So all in all, a pretty epic trailer. Very exciting. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And we don't have to wait too long, um, just a little over two months before we get to enjoy uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I would like to point out that I do know some spoilers based on my wife being on the set. So if anybody (laughs) wants some plot point spoilers... I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Uncle ne- Owen. No, I'm just kidding. I she'll never it. work in this town again. <laughs> I think the NDA, when does that NDA end? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, shop? But I know the secrets. I know the secrets. <laughs> well, before Wonder Rob reveals all those secrets, why don't we do this? Uh, we've got a special segment called In Review with Cinemark. Cinemark, if you don't already know, is our resident cinema expert. And, uh, what we like to do is with our episodes, we, we have our theme. Obviously, we're going to be talking about The Atom Project, with his, which is a time travel movie. So uh-huh. Cinemark has uh, done his due diligence and dipped into his cinema history uh, and found a movie that he wanted to talk about in the realm of time travel. So without further ado, let's take a quick break and hear from Cinemark with his uh, segment called In Review. Take it away, Mark. Welcome back once again, or maybe welcome back for the first time, depending on the space-time continuum. The way I see it, if you're going to talk about a time travel movie, why not do it with some style? I figure, what the hell? Uh, So this week I'm talking about the 2012 film Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a science fiction romantic comedy directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by Derek Connolly, and starring Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass, and Jake Johnson. 
The movie's plot is as follows. Darius, played by Aubrey Plaza, is a young intern at a Seattle-based magazine and jumps to the chance to investigate the author of a classified ad that reads as follows. Wanted. Somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. P.O. Box 91 Ocean View, Washington 99393. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. I only have done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. Along with Jeff, played by Jake Johnson, the staff writer, and Arnau, fellow intern, played by Karan Sani, who played Depender in Deadpool, starring alongside Ryan Reynolds, who Shaf and Wonder Rob are talking about in this episode, the three go on a road trip to a coastal town. Well, Jeff just wants to chase after his high school crush, and Arnau wants some kind of life experience, Darius spends her time with Kenneth, played by Mark Duplass, a man who believes that he has built a time machine. The closer they become and the more they understand about each other, the less clear it becomes as Kenneth is just crazy, or if he actually is going to successfully travel back in time. The film's premise is based off of a real classified ad from the September-October 1997 issue of a magazine called Backwoods Home that senior editor John Silveria wrote as the filler joke ad for the magazine. The Safety Not Guaranteed ad became a cultural phenomenon, with the address receiving thousands of letters in response to the time travel ad. The ad was featured on The Tonight Show and discussed repeatedly on the Car Talk radio series. Some fun trivia about the movie is when Jeff, played by Jake Johnson, approaches Kenneth, played by Mark Duplass, with a time travel ad, he mentions that he would like to go back in time to see living dinosaurs. Kenneth later mentions being a fan of Star Wars to Darius, played by Aubrey Plaza. Director Colin Trevorrow's next movie would be Jurassic World, which deals with, of course, an amusement park that features living dinosaurs and stars Jake Johnson. He also was appointed director for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker for some time as well until he stepped down from that. Safety Not Guaranteed has also been called one of the most influential films of the last decade in terms of its effect on the filmmaking industry. When it was made in 2012 with a first-time director and a writer and costing less than a million dollars, the character-driven indie caught the eye of Netflix, foreshadowing the role of streaming in film creation and distribution and of such directors being tapped to direct big-budget films due to their experience with well-regarded small-budget films. I personally really enjoyed this film when I first saw it back in 2012. I have a great love for any piece of pop culture dealing with time travel, as I find the thought of it fascinating. The Back to the Future movie being my favorite film of all time. This movie also further expanded my enjoyment of Jake Johnson's work that I first saw in the TV series New Girl in the year prior to this film's release. So have you seen this movie Wonder Robin Schaff, or are you just not thinking fourth dimensionally? All Take right. it back, Mark. Take it Take back. Take it back. Take it all back. <laughs> Safety is not guaranteed, according to this movie title. Um, I have never heard of this movie in my lifetime. This is this one came out of nowhere. Um, I'm not positive this? it's real. I think Mark <laughs> might have made it up for attention. He like he like personally <laughs> provided the million dollar budget and. <laughs> <laughs> safety not guaranteed i'm gonna look this up right now just to make sure he's not lying to us safety not guar- I guarantee i'll say i'll say i'll say aubrey plaza the worst mark duplass the worst jake johnson pretty cool uh my, i'm friends with him uh through my wife who's spoken one sentence to him so so yeah (laughs) okay it's real everybody it's real everybody it's real um 
based on the premise and based on what, what Cinemark was telling us about this movie, it makes me want to watch it. I actually, uh, Cinemark does a great job uh, when he sends us his segment. He also provides like a, a summary in the email um, and he usually will include the movie trailer. So I actually took a moment and I watched the movie trailer uh, before we recorded this episode. And uh, I am... I'm going to watch this movie. I, I, I'm, I'm committing myself to a, a shof guarantee that I will watch this movie. Very nice. Yes, he does send all those long emails with all of the facts. And every time I open one, I always think to myself, whoa, that's a lot of words. <laughs> it's a lot Too of bad I'm not reading them. <laughs> <laughs> so safety may not be guaranteed, but viewing it is guaranteed by me. I will make sure to watch this Cinemark. So thank you for your recommendation. Yeah. It sounded interesting. I've seen the the little um, wanted ad that inspired this movie. I've seen it on the internet a million times. I didn't know they made a movie about it, though. So that's that's very interesting. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. For the yeah. recommendation. Um, now, uh, also keeping with the time travel theme, uh, we have our resident comic book expert, Vactor of Vactor Loves Comics. Um, and he has picked out a particular issue, uh, and I'm not even going to spoil anything. I'm going to let uh, Vactor take it away, but this is also uh, for our time travel fans out there. So take it away, Vactor. Aw, yeah, it's time for another episode of Actor Loves Comics, the show where I love comics, and you should too. On today's episode, I'm going to have a time travel story for you, Rob, and for you, Shoff, and for you, dear listener. I'm going to be talking about Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley's 12-part masterpiece, All-Star Superman. In particular, issue number six, Funeral in Smallville. Because Robin Shaw, are going to be talking about a time travel movie today, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite time travel stories of all time. All-Star Superman is amazing. One of the best Superman stories of all time. One of the best comic book stories of all time. They actually turned it into an animated movie as well, but the comic has way more to it. There's just way more in the weeds, in the thick of it. You can get right into it. And issue number six is all about time traveling visitors from the future. When Ma and Pa Kent take in three migrants looking to help out on the farm, Clark soon figures out that there is more to these guys than it seems. In fact, they themselves are supermen, one from the 854th century, one from the 5th dimension, and one known as the Unknown Superman of AD 4500. They're here hunting a creature called a chronovore, which ages everything it touches. That right there is just a great time travel idea, a, a being that ages things when it touches it. And all of these supermen are hoping to recruit the present-day Superman to help them. There's a great plot twist that happens in the story. It takes place in the past relative to the rest of the All-Star Superman series itself. And it's a story in which time travel is used not to alter the past, but to revisit it and loved ones who have been lost over the years. Very heartwarming, very touching. Frank Quitely's art is amazing. Just breathtaking as it were. Maybe even a seminal piece of Superman lore. If you're a Superman fan, you have to read All-Star Superman. And one of the best time travel stories of all time is All-Star Superman number six. So Robin Shaw, two things. Have you either seen the All-Star Superman animated movie? Or have you read All-Star Superman? And if not, when are you going to do it? That's my question to you. Robin Shaw, back to you. All right, Vactor. So All-Star Superman number six. 
Now, um, Wonder Rob, mm-hmm. he posed a question to us. He wanted to know if we had either seen All-Star Superman, uh, which was done as a DC uh, animated movie, or mm-hmm. if we had read this issue, or for instance, the entire, you know, I think it's a 12 part series. Um, and he wanted to know if either that was true. And if we hadn't, if we were going to. So I'm going to let you answer that question or those questions first. Well, I can tell you I have not seen the animated movie All-Star Superman. I, at one point in my life, did own the graphic novel or collection of the first issues of All-Star Superman. Uh, bought at the recommendation of Vactor way, way back in the day. And I definitely absolutely read at least one issue. But back then, I was very anti-DC. I was like, Superman sucks. Nobody can sit on a cloud. Terrible. Garbage. <laughs> that's what the that's what the, the cover of the, the collection was. Like. Superman yeah. sitting on a cloud like he's taking a poo-poo, like he's using like he's using another smaller cloud as a squatty potty. Hold on, let me take this sky dump, is what he looks like he's saying. <laughs> he's being real coy about it. Um, but I don't really remember it. So I would not be against going back and reading it. And as you know, I did make a promise that I would read the comics that Factor recommends. Uh, it may, might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but one day. And that's the Wonder Rob guarantee. <laughs> well, Vactor uh, may not be watching our Twitch stream. So he no, might no, 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 no. He's too but, he's too popular. He can't but be he, doing that. He might be watching the YouTube stream. Um, and, and if this makes it on there, I just want to throw it out there. I own the All-Star Superman. Yeah, does look at him. He's he's sitting on the cloud. For for anybody listening to the audio, you're really missing out if you're not watching the Twitch stream of this. Shop's <laughs> holding it up, and Superman is hitting or he's sitting on a cloud looking at you. He's breaking the fourth wall, and he's very clearly taking a duke. <laughs> a uh, super the, duke. This is the hardcover, which I don't usually own a whole lot of hardcover graphic novels, but I do for this one. And I, I realized after Vactor was talking about it, I only have half of it. I have volume one, and it's a six-issue uh, volume, so there's got to be a volume two out there, which I'm surprised about. So, you would think. Do you keep, for your hardcovers, do you keep the dust jackets on them, or do you... Or is that just a, an anomaly? No, no, they all keep them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I get rid of those immediately. I'm like, take this off and, and I throw them away. Dust, uh, this is a dust buster. <laughs> I thought we were, this is before they invented dust repellent paper. I thought we were <laughs> done quoting Back to the Future. No way. You, you left me with a <laughs> wide open. <laughs> you left me wide open for that one. But yeah, um, so issue number six is at the end of volume one for anybody who's interested. And I actually. Uh, took the time to read it before we recorded this episode. So, um, cause I, even though I had already read this, it had been quite some time. So I reread it and it's definitely worth a read folks. Um, it's a somber episode episode. It's a somber issue, uh, but, uh, a really good one. And this whole arc, this whole 12, uh, part series, which I have read all of it. I just don't know why I don't own the other volume. Um, I must have it in individual issues cause I know I've read it. Um, but it's a really unique take on Superman and it's also an all inclusive enclosed story. Um, I don't want to spoil anything cause it's, it's a pretty wild story, but it gets real good. So I highly recommend it. 
I used to be right. like strictly Superman when it came to, to comics. I only collected Superman. So I've got a whole bunch. And if you're into Superman, I'm not the comic book expert, but I would highly recommend Superman for all seasons. Um, that's, that's an epic one. To me, that's like Spider-Man life story or Spider-Man blue. Like it's, it's, it's along the lines of that. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll tell you what, Vactor, if you're listening and I know you are, if you happen to find those digital comics of All-Star Superman on the street, you know, when you're walking to your car on your lunch break, can you find those? Somebody just dropped them? Pick them up. Put them in my <laughs> Google Drive. Do, do a favor and put them in my Google Drive. Yeah. Maybe I'll get to them one day. <laughs> There's just too many comics and not enough time. That's what we always That's say. true, man. That's true. Uh, too much geeky content in general. But uh, all right, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break, give you a chance uh, to basically hear from our sponsor, Anchor, which is our platform for podcasting. And then when we get back, we are going to delve into the new time travel movie from Netflix called The Atom Project. So we will be right back. And we're back. That's right. We are back with The Atom Project which is Netflix's newest movie. It came out in theaters just a couple of days ago, um, and it was available officially to watch on Netflix as of this morning. So Wonder Rob and I both, uh, I think, watched it today. Am I correct in that? Yes, sir. Okay. We both watched it on Netflix today because we like free. Free is good. Yes. Well, free. Free Because we do pay a subscription, obviously. Well, I mean, I steal Netflix, but whoever is paying for that Netflix, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Rob is uh, living in the future. I'm, I'm That's living right. in the past. That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, Adam Project. This is a Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, it has a lot of uh, a lot of well-known actors in it, which I was kind of surprised about. It's got, uh, obviously, I said Ryan Reynolds. It's got... Uh, Catherine Keener, it's got Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's the main cast. There's obviously like the kid. Did you say Zoe Saldana? Oh, sorry, yeah, Zoe Saldana. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I totally forgot. And uh, but and it's also the second time around that Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy, who is the director, uh, are working together. The first time was Free Guy. And it's so. about to be the third time they work together. That's true. News broke today, Shaf. I know you know this, but pretend like you don't. News okay. broke today, Shaf, that uh, this director, Sean Levy, is also going to be directing Deadpool 3. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty exciting. Um, so I guess first and foremost, before I get into more details on the plot... Yes. Let's just talk generally what we thought about it. Um, and, and if we get into any spoilers, just a heads up for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the rule forward. is with us, we're always going to spoil what we talk about no matter what. So just to start getting into that that <laughs> vibe when you're listening to us talk. Because we ain't got time to, to dance around, to tiptoe <laughs> around the fact that this is a mediocre time travel movie. We don't go, we don't got time for that, everybody. <laughs> that was that was just a, a that was a kid. That's not my real opinion. Oh, okay. Everybody, uh, the plot is, and I'm reading this directly off. No, IMDb. no, I wanted your opinion of the movie first. Of all. Oh, my bad, my bad, my mad, everybody, my bad, my bad. Let me go back in time. Um, this movie was fine. You're like it, it was mediocre. Okay, actually, that is how <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad movie, but it was fine. It was fine. It had its moments. 
but it wasn't it didn't blow me out of the water or yeah. anything like that it it was fine like it was enjoyable i would i think i would recommend if if anybody wants to watch this movie and you are stealing somebody's netflix go ahead and watch it on there unless you just have to have movie theater popcorn while you watch this but they sell that yeah <laughs> at the it's cbs true. it's true you can pop it so, in um exactly i i think that this was a decent movie it it's definitely a fun movie to watch um yeah, it had its the, moments. I don't think the acting is half bad. I don't think the dialogue is half bad. The premise is kind of weak, but uh, I I think it was a decent movie. But I, here's the thing. I don't think it's a movie that I would go back and watch. Like, I feel like it was just like a one and done. I don't feel like it's the kind of movie that bears repeating. Sure. And for me, very rarely these days are there movies that I immediately think I got, I've got to watch that again. Very rarely does that thought could pop into my head outside of a Marvel movie and even some Marvel movies. I'm like, once enough, like black widow <laughs> or the eternal. So I'm like, yeah, it's good. I get it. <laughs> I understand. So I, you're right. I probably will not be walking back into this one as well, but I can't stress it enough. It's not a bad movie. No. It's just fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a fine movie. So, um, all right. So let's, then let's get into story stuff and, uh, and definitely okay. spoilers. All right, so uh, this is directly from IMDb. A time-traveling pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is Big Adam. Walter Scoble is Young Adam. And uh, some other kid is even Younger Adam. And then it's like young Sheldon is Black Adam. The hierarchy oh of power is going to change. Um, so... Where to begin? This kid. Let's talk about the kid playing young Adam or young Ryan Reynolds. This kid. They must have sat him down and peeled his eyes open, <laughs> tied his hands down to the, the armrests and made him watch Ryan Reynolds filmography. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because this kid was channeling young Ryan Re- or Ryan Reynolds period. He and was so good. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good and it was bad. It was good because he's doing his job. You're you're supposed to believe that this is the young version of this character and it's Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds bless his soul. God love him. He doesn't have that much range. He's he's virtually the same in every movie. Yeah. And let's just call a spade a spade. But so is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Everybody loves him. Or uh, so so is... Um, oh, I can't think of any other people right now. <laughs> so is Jim Varney in every movie that he makes. You know, know what I mean? Do you yeah, know what I mean, like, Chuff? <laughs> who he is in Ernest uh, Saves Christmas is the same person who he is in Ernest Goes to Camp, who yeah. is the same person who is uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, who is the same person who is Ernest back in the habit. I don't, I don't know what other movies. I was about to say, don't get, don't challenge me on my, my knowledge of Ernest movies. Don't forget about slam dunk Ernest, where he finds a pair of magical basketball shoes and becomes a a basketball star. That's not, don't forget that is real. Google it right now. We're stopping this conversation until you Google it. Slam dunk Ernest. Slam Slam dunk Ernest. Dunk. Here we go, oh everybody. Gosh, you're right. It's a 1995 film. It's 
straight to video, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. The, don't, it's don't. the eighth full length feature film starring Jim Varney as Ernest P. World. Know what I mean? And that was that was the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> this is the eighth one. That's what they put on the poster. <laughs> That's really funny to me. This is the eighth movie. Don't forget about Ernest in the Army. Don't forget about Ernest Goes to School. I know all those Ernest movies. There was a time in my life where if there was a new Ernest movie on those shelves at the Blockbuster, you bet your ass. I took it to my mom. I was like, we've got to watch this. <laughs> to this day, I can't watch Ernest Scared Stupid. I feel like I've mentioned this to you before. Maybe we should make it a thing, like a promise to our listeners that this Halloween, 2022. Our Halloween episode, Geek Movie Ernest Pleasure. Scared Stupid. Or Geek Movie Torture, whichever one you want to call it. Yeah. But we'll do it. All right. We'll do it right now. We're making a commitment. Okay. Unless we forget or don't, we will watch Ernest Scared Stupid for our <laughs> Halloween episode. Okay. Anyway, I didn't mean to get too sidetracked on Ernest, but you brought it up, Shaf, so that's on you. <laughs> um, anyway, back to this kid playing young Ryan Reynolds. I said he did a good job in channeling Ryan Reynolds, but it was also bad, in my opinion, because I've... I know for a fact no child speaks like that. No child is that that uh, eloquent. No child has that quick wit. Quick of a wit, excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's just one little thing. And actually, not just this, but most movies that feature children that speak like that, which is almost every movie with children. I'm like, no, I've seen kids. Kids are dumb as hell. I've never uh, seen this kid in anything before, but just based on his performance in this one, I feel like we're going to see this kid a lot more. Yeah, he's going to be the next the next Stranger Things kid who you just don't, don't see. Actually, it looks like as his actor, his acting credits, Young Adam is the first thing he played. This really? is his first thing. This is uh, um, Walker Scoble, right? Mm-hmm. Scoble and he's in a movie coming up called Secret Headquarters. Uh, but that's about it. Otherwise, yeah, he's, yeah, this is his first credit. Yeah, he, so good, he good on me. him for for a kid actor. I'm like, this guy is really good. So, and he's only going to get better as he hones his craft. And you know, just, his just parents like, just like how Ryan Reynolds did. Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> did you see me in the fat suit in that movie? Just friends. <laughs> now available on I digital. Swear. <laughs> By the moon and the stars in the sky. That was me, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny about this this kid, the fact that he only has one acting credit and his IMDb is so flushed out. He's got his his bio has got to be like 15 sentences. You know his parents were like, oh, we oh, gotta yeah. make this kid. We make you an IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> make sure. Born make into sure a military can... family, Walker has lived all over the country from Southern California to the mountains of Colorado. And it goes on like that. He's like, <laughs> like, this is. His... Make sure you mention that you did Habitat for Humanity when you were in 11th grade. I'm gonna have to show this to my wife. Her IMDb, her IMDb page isn't. Uh, this thick. I gotta. I gotta tell her. Take a. Take a. Take a note from Walt, Walker Scoble. I can't even remember his name. Walter. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Walter. Um, interestingly enough, this movie uh, has actually been in the works, or at least some version of it has been in the works since uh, 
2012, October 2012. So this project, uh, a spec script, was written by a person by the name of T.S. Nolan, uh, mm-hmm. and it was initially announced as Our Name is Adam. That was what it was going to be called. And that was in October 2012. Paramount Pictures became interested in acquiring the film and believe it or not, Tom Cruise was attached to star in this movie. <sighs> Dumb. Terrible. Could have had Tom Not interested. <laughs> Tom, get uh, out of here. <laughs> this geek, so to speak, Tom. That's right. Don't you have to go back to allegedly having unconsensual sex with women? <laughs> <laughs> this mission just got a whole lot more impossible. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so the film was revived in July 2020. Uh, and it was moved to Netflix. And then Sean uh, Levy, Levy, Levi, however you want to pronounce it, uh, as director, Ryan Reynolds, set to star after collaborating on Free Guy. Um, and then they had an additional draft of the script. Apparently it's gone through four screenwriters with Jonathan Tropper at, as the final person involved with that. Um, but before that was Nolan, Jennifer Flackett, and Mark Le- Levin. And then they added a bunch of other people to the cast as well. So... Um, it was filmed in Canada and mm-hmm. wrapped filming in March of 2021. Great. And time, it was worth the wait. <laughs> it was worth the wait, you guys. It was worth the wait. Um, as far as the time travel, you and I are suckers for time travel movies. This is a well-known fact on Geek So To Speak. And as far as a time travel movie goes... <laughs> Like I said, the movie's fine. It didn't draw me in like it draw, like it drews me in. Is that the right word? Is drews the past tense of draws? It Drew? doesn't drews me in <laughs> like <laughs> like the other movies um, because it was still. I guess because the plot was still fuzzy on why does he have this jet that's bio coded to him and why. Why did he steal it? I mean, we know we know why he stole it. it they say it because he's going back in time to prevent time travel from happening. But like, they really don't give you any sort of anything. I agree. Other well, than thing, he, yeah, it's his jet, and he he's going to time travel with it. Well, and another thing that I think kind of sucks is they do what I think is probably considered one of the biggest cinema sins is that they instead of showing something, they tell something. Mm -hmm. And instead of showing what the future looks like and why it sucks so bad, they just refer to it as worse than Terminator. Like that he's coming from a future that's that bad. Um, To me, I think like for a time travel movie, you kind of have to see where they're coming from. Like, I think you need to see the world as it is to know how it could be better. Like, so if, if he's coming, if he's trying to like time travel away from like a, a post-apocalyptic crazy nightmares, uh, scheme of a world, then we need to see that so that when he does go back forward, it's not like that anymore. Then you can see that he had enough influence, you know, like what he did mm-hmm. in the past fixed things. So to me, that was a big mistake to just tell us as an audience that it's really, really bad. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was real easy. I guess you didn't have any more budget left for special effects. So all you're going to say is, <laughs> you know that movie that already exists? It's like that, but worse. It's like that, but it's like way worse. 
And I think it's also, this is not the first time movies have done this, but anytime you, in your movie, you reference another movie that's better Mm -hmm. than your movie. Like Back to the Future. Yeah, not a good idea. Not a good idea to reference movies that are better than your movie in your movie. Um, So watching this, I I didn't know who was going to be in this movie. I actually walked into this pretty cold. I knew the premise that it was a time traveling movie and Ryan Reynolds is going to meet his younger self, but I didn't know the cast. Uh, Zoe Saldana is in it. Jennifer Garner, Mark uh, Ruffalo, Ruf- Mark Ruffalo. Stay away from him. Don't leave him <laughs> alone with your drinks, everybody. Mark Ruffalo. Um, and they, they were serviceable. Their characters advanced the plot, I guess, but they were all kind of forgettable for me. I think Zoe Especially Saldana's, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, Zoe Saldana's character was the most forgettable and kind of unnecessary mm-hmm. of characters. Um, I think that the movie had the most heart during it when, it when Mark Ruffalo was there. He really brought a lot to those scenes of him as the dad um, to Ryan Reynolds and to... to um, whatever his name is, uh, Walker, Walker Scoble. Um, and something interesting about his character that I thought of after the movie was over, how he was able to immediately be like, you're my son. But his mom couldn't do that. No. In the bar. And, Although and they sort of hint towards it, like maybe a little at the end, but there, there's no confirmation on that. But Mark Ruffalo was like, so you're my son, right? Time travel exists. Cool. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not only was Mark Ruffalo totally cool and understanding about it, but uh the his kid ver like the kid version of himself was totally cool and not remotely surprised about it at all either. So Right. <laughs> so yeah, he was very yeah, young Adam was very understanding of oh, the, you're me? <laughs> Rad. He you got also, that scar? You got that watch? Excellent. We got to be, you got to be me. He also got like sort of the intricacies of the time travel rules. So, cause I had the, sa- the same question that they posed pretty early on after the atoms meet each other where I'm like, well, if this is happening, if Brian Reynolds is going back to his own past, doesn't he have knowledge that he did this since he's the adult version of himself and he met his younger self mm-hmm. Like the only way that works, he doesn't know that is if it's an alternate timeline or something mm-hmm. like that. But the the movie sort of addresses it in a unique way where it says that if you go back, your consciousness is only aware of the time period you're from. And those memories aren't something you gain until after you return from wherever you were. And then your memories sort of combine and work themselves out like it's sort of just like you only gain those memories after you come back from your trip which is weird which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense it's an interesting sidestep i I, i've never seen a movie do that before but i don't i don't hate it it's just to me it felt a little too easy (laughs) Like it felt like the the root the rules were kind of loose in that regard. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I feel like also anytime there's a time travel movie out these days, just because there's been so many time travel movies, there the the writers are always like, "How are we going to do a new take? 
It's not Back to the Future. It's not Avengers Endgame. It's not Bill and Ted. It's not Hot Tub Time Machine. It's The Adam Project, and here are the rules. Right. Like, everybody's got to have their own rules when it comes to time travel these days. Well, and the other part that I thought was interesting is, like, Ryan Reynolds was worried he wouldn't see his wife again, you know, after they changed the the, the future timeline. But it's like, he's his younger self has already met his future wife. Like, he knows what she looks like. <laughs> yeah, that scene at the end. So when, when everything gets put back together, you know, there's a scene of young Adam interacting with his mom and being like, Mom, I, I like you. I'm sorry that I'm such a jerk to you. You know, not in so many words, but that's the idea. And then it cuts to Ryan Reynolds meeting Zoe Saldana for the first time. But that scene felt disjointed to me. Like it didn't belong at the end of the movie. Like that would have been him remembering his wife because why would he go back and then meet his wife? Like that doesn't make sense. Like it, the, the, it, it shouldn't be there. It's like I took a puzzle piece from the the bottom right of my puzzle and I said, "No, you're you're going at the top left." <laughs> you know. It well, I think it I think you're weird. interpreting that the next scene that we see of Ryan Reynolds is the moment he returns. But I think that that's not really what they're going for. I think they're they're saying that this is a moment from us uh, like that we didn't see previously. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see where you're getting that, but the scene before it with young Adam imply is is making the implication that this is over, and now he's being nice to his mom. That's true. And then it cuts to Ryan Reynolds. And then it shows me that. That's why it felt disjointed to me. Like I don't yeah, I think if do, the other scene didn't point. imply yeah. that, it would have made a little more sense to me. So speaking of like how things work out for them all, do you think it's appropriate or kind of weird that Mark Ruffalo's character still dies? He was don't tell me. I just don't want to know. He was he insisted. He didn't get a little note. He didn't get in his car and get zapped and, you know, fly into the Old West. <laughs> like, he didn't do any of that. <laughs> he's alive. He's in the Old West and he's alive. I have to tell you about the future. No! I, I do not accept the responsibility! On the night I go back, you get... <laughs> oh man <laughs> this is my son Jules and Vern Vern stop pointing at your penis <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's for, that's, for that was for a our, special treat for, for our, the, <laughs> for the YouTube page for our listeners yeah. you just missed out but for our YouTube fans and those that have don't currently watch our uh, podcast on YouTube. You're gonna want to because Wonder Rob just uh, just showed just... a very soft side. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, overall, I I don't think this movie was bad necessarily. It wasn't great. I don't really anticipate myself getting into it again. But you know, it was a fine. It was a good way to kill 90 minutes. Oh, and shout out to this movie for being 90 minutes. Or just a little over ninety minutes. Yeah, it was in just a, a world bit of over. three-hour movies, 
give me give me these 90 minute yeah. experiences man I, I will say this though and the only thing i want to talk about visually that like visual effects wise that i didn't like was the de-aging that they do for kathleen uh katherine keener's character yeah mm-hmm. first of all and, and, and this is just a choice they made, but it seems like a dumb choice. So rather, so what they did was they made her, uh, younger, uh, they de-aged mm-hmm. her for the scenes involving, um, in a live version of Mark Ruffalo's character who in the present day is dead because he died from some kind of car uh, accident that happened like a year and a half prior to the movie starting. Um, rather than de-age her, why not just have her be older? <laughs> like, yeah, right. It, it's, it's so dumb. Like you could have had her be, um, she could have been the same age and then they could just put, put her in a gray wig. Exactly. G- give her yeah. more streaks of gray, give her more wrinkles. It's much easier to age somebody up than it is to de-age somebody. And the way they did the de-aging technology, you can tell that there's plenty of times where she was told to be perfectly still, like to not make any facial expressions or talk or whatever, because it's they probably just had to like loop whatever animations they were doing for her. It, it was so evident that she was like, you better stand still because we yeah. don't. Yeah. Hold on, hold a second. Something just just clicked that I didn't even think of while I was watching it. This is 2018, where they went back. They went back and found him in 2018. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. And the movie takes place in 2022. That's a four year difference. Oh no no no. Okay, no, I'm, I'm no, getting she, I'm getting. She's thirty. Yeah, it's thirty something years. She says she's that. from twenty. That's her from the future. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's my bad, everybody. That's my bad, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, like I was I, about like, to get real mad. Yeah, I was like about to said, get Ryan Reynolds on the phone. She should have just been her normal age in in twenty eighteen, and then uh, just age her up for her twenty fifty version. Like it's it's so strange. Yeah, that they went. Yeah, that it way. wasn't. I didn't care for that effect all that much. I mean, look at the show This Is Us and what they do with Mandy Moore. Like, Mandy Moore is pretty timeless. She doesn't look like she ages that much at all, but the scenes that they have her as, like, a young mom to the scenes as a grandma, like, she she ages up pretty good. And I would say, like, that doesn't... They do that on a regular basis. That's just makeup. Like, that's a way cheaper method than visual effects. Yeah, so. on a TV budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest misstep of this movie is the, the de-aging choice. Very yeah. weird. Yeah. Like I said, it was fine. It's a fine movie. It's not bad. It's not great. I don't think it's going to get on any awards list this year. Not the Certainly not the geekies. I don't think the director is that bad. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with Deadpool 3. I agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm interested because if he did uh, Free Guy, which I really enjoyed, really enjoyed, this movie I didn't hate, then I already feel pretty good going into Deadpool 3. Plus, we already, we know we're also getting um, the screenwriters back from Deadpool 2. So mm-hmm. um, so that's good uh, good as well. So I think we're going to be okay with Deadpool. I, I, think, I think we're in good hands. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so our, our view on that one, fellow geeks, is if you like time travel movies, then this is definitely better than plenty of time travel movies out there. 
Um, now, real quick one, Rob, a um, couple of things I wanted to share with you from my past week. You can you feel sure. free to share uh, anything you want to talk about as well. But um, I want to say thank you to a friend of the show, Ben Songer, for what? getting me the uh, Planet Hulk graphic novel. This was a belated belated Christmas present. Um, My birthday is in less than a month, but he uh, decides to send me a belated Christmas present uh, within (laughs) within weeks of my birthday. So I'm going to count this as a birthday present, too, unless friend of the show songer if you listen to this you want to also get me a birthday present i'm okay with that too that's fine you got a got a christmas present from ben that must be pretty nice i wouldn't (laughs) know what that's like the uh, the other thing is i started playing another game on xbox games uh, game pass Mm -hmm. uh fallen order i was sort of uh after watching that kenobi trailer i was like i kind of want to play something star wars related so uh, i powered up the xbox and started playing some fallen order and i'm really enjoying it um, I love that it's it's a plat like it's like a how do I describe it a platformer is that kind of what it is um, like I don't know if I would consider it a platformer but it it does have platforming elements yeah in it um, I know it has plenty of combat I, I gotta say my least favorite aspect of the game is the loading screens there's sure. so much loading in this game. And that is really obnoxious to me. Uh, I don't have the patience for it. And it's, there was one moment I recall the loading took 45 seconds Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it felt like an eternity. It was long enough where uh, my wife, Sarah had entered the room and she thought that I was staring at a black screen. Like she (laughs) She she thought thought you were losing your mind. She thought that like the TV was off and I was just staring at a black screen. Like, are you okay? No, it's on a loading screen. (laughs) And then she was like waiting for it to like change i'm like i know it's been it's been at this for like she didn't believe you seconds. she's like what is he watching <laughs> what was he around. watching she was like i have to see the screen change what did we he might... turn off when i walked yeah in the we room? might have to uh <laughs> we might have to admit him to the insane asylum he's watching nothing um <laughs> but the uh, lightsaber combat was fun i'm still sort of getting the feel I, i'm just realizing as a gamer i'm terrible at parrying it doesn't matter what game it is. I'm really bad. My timing <laughs> sucks. You just want to be attack, 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 attack. I do. Like I, just wanna, your... I just want to. Like, yeah. um, uh, there was. Oh, you know what? It was on Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. It was called Jedi Power Battles. I loved that game. Oh, that yeah. Was a great game. Um, but so far, I'm enjoying this game. And I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it because I'm pretty early on into it. Um, I just got through the Jedi Temple uh, section, which had a lot of. Um, running around the walls and zip lining and stuff like that and facing sure. big, big giant frogs and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But so far I like it. And I, I know this about you wonder Rob we've, I know you well enough and I know your body well enough to know yeah. that you don't like this game. Yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, I, I, I might've even talked about this on a past episode. So I had that game in my backlog. Yeah. Sitting, I had a physical copy. Uh, it was given to me as a present by my wife, I think. But at the time, when I got that, I was playing Death Stranding. Okay. And as you know, I put a lot of time into Death Stranding. Yeah, you did. And I really enjoyed it. I, I might be in the minority on that, but Death Stranding was my kind of game. They, they have a director's cut coming out now, uh, which I think is really weird because... 
the director of the game who made all the Metal Gear Solid games. It's his game. Like, what was he forced to cut? It's his game. So I think the term <laughs> director's cut is really weird. But um, so I played that game and I was looking forward to getting into to Jedi. And then I did and I just couldn't enjoy it. And I think the reason why. So I don't think it's a bad game necessarily. I think I was just coming off of like a big open world free roam game like Death Stranding and then being put into a linear get to point A to point B game not not star wars but just that type of game like i feel like i needed more of a transition to that because i don't hate those types of games like last of us is a very similarly styled game but i really enjoyed it um and several other games too but i think it was just coming off of death stranding that i couldn't really find myself ready to get into that um so like i don't necessarily think it's bad it was just, I think it was wrong place, wrong time for me. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I'm glad you're liking it. And since it's free on Game Pass, maybe I'll hop back into it, Shaf. Yeah. I mean, free is free is great. I love free. So I'll keep playing it and uh, I'll keep you posted on, on everything. I'm definitely not playing any more Elden Ring. So I've got, I've got time to play something else. And I'm just not feeling playing any more horizon forbidden west until until like the the inspiration strikes like it's a great mm-hmm. game but i just don't feel compelled to play more you're of not that. getting that feeling yeah. like you know the feeling where you play a game you stop playing it but all you're doing is thinking about the game exactly yeah 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 so I so get far that. i'm not in that spot yet but um i know that i'll probably have an, an itch to play it eventually and then i'll call, come back like when it. you went back to ratchet and clank Exactly. And beat that like seven and then months I was, later. Like, committed to that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I gotta beat this game. So um, so I will eventually come back to it. But I think part of what um what keeps me from wanting to play Horizon is just knowing how long the campaign is and, mm-hmm. and just knowing the limited amount of time I have. I kind of <laughs> it, it sort of feels a little overwhelming, I think. So <sighs> excuse me. Um no, I, I get that. That makes sense. Um for me, I haven't been playing Elden Ring. I, I played a little bit of Elden Ring this week, uh, but not really pushing into the campaign. I just spent time grinding and leveling up my guy because I know what's waiting for me in that game. Um, and I want to get more into it. Hopefully this week I'll, I'll spend some more time with that. But I've actually was spending a big chunk of my time this week playing a game called Batman the Telltale series. Ooh. Um, on PC. It was $14.99 on Steam. Um, the game is episodic, so you can get it like on iOS, for example, for like five bucks an episode. But I ended up going into the PC version because it was a little cheaper because they were doing a sale. Um, as a matter of fact, we have a really in-depth discussion of Batman the Telltale series on the latest episode of the Sandbox Gamers available now wherever you get your podcast. So I cool. won't I won't get too much into it right now, but I can tell you I'm enjoying it. I'm about halfway through it. And I'm sometimes I'll play a game to review on this podcast or the sandbox gamers. And then when that review point hits, I'm like, okay, I've, I've played my eight hours or more. I've talked about the game. What's next. And I don't feel a lot of motivation to go back to certain games, but this one is very good. And it's, it's a telltale game. So they're not action heavy. It's it's definitely more a story type of game. Have you played Telltale games before, Shaf? Any of their games? Um, I've played the Walking Dead game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm trying to think if I played in the end of the. They had a Back to the Future game. Oh yeah, yeah, I did play that one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So and actually, I remember mm -hmm. way back. Telltale games used to look a whole lot different too. Like there was some Star Wars Telltale games. Mm -hmm. I think, maybe, or was I don't remember. No, I'm sorry. Is that not Telltale? Was it? Oh, Travelers Tales. I'll look it up. Anyways, there was like a Star Wars game that I used to play on PC, and it was kind of cartoonish, hard mm -hmm. to describe, but it was a lot of fun. I want to say it was Telltale. It was TT. I'll look it up. Anyways, I think uh, were you were you just looking at titties? <laughs> TT, I think. You know what? You know what it was. I really I was liked up, him. I was looking up Wookie Wookie titties. That's what it was. <laughs> Wookie titties. I'm putting that in the show notes for you. Um, but no, I, I'm really enjoying the game, so I would recommend it. It's not an action heavy game. It's definitely more of a story game, um, and more of like a choose your own adventure type game. But I would definitely recommend it. But if you're if you want to hear my in depth thoughts on the game. Check out the Sandbox Gamers episode three available now, everybody. It's the one that's labeled State of Play. State of Play was the main topic discussion, but I did talk a lot about the Batman Telltale game. Nice. Um, earlier in the podcast, I said, I'm yawning. Let me tell you why I've been yawning. Uh, yesterday uh, in the morning, uh, morning routines are I'll wake up. I'll go get my boy. Uh, from his room, you know, I'll get him cleaned up, get him a new outfit, whatever. And then usually I will bring him into our bedroom and let him sit on the bed. And I'll put on blues clues or something for him while I get ready for the day. Or, or while me and my wife get ready for the day. And then we'll go downstairs, we'll feed him breakfast, you know, and then go, go about our routines. So yesterday I brought him into the room. And then instead of going about my usual routine, which was a mistake, I decided <laughs> I'm going to lay in bed. I'm going to lay in bed with my boy and we're, I'll watch Blue Scoos with him just for a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. So I'm laying down on the bed and it's still early. So, you know, my body's still tired and I do like a little stretch, like top to bottom stretch. You know how it is. You lay, it's still early, even though you've already done your main stretch. If you're laying in bed, maybe you get another stretch in. <laughs> I don't know what I did, Shaf, but I did a stretch. Yeah. And I tweaked my neck. Uh-oh. You know, you know that feeling where you sleep but you sleep wrong and or you just sleep in a weird position all night and oh, yeah. you wake up in the morning and you're like, "Oh, I can't turn my neck. I slept weird." It was that. But it was like instant. I did like a a little stretch or something. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I felt like when I watch TV shows and like somebody's bending over to pick something up and they go, "Oh, my back." <laughs> and it's like a comical thing. Like, that's what it felt like to me. And I was like, I'm getting so old. I can't even stretch. Can't even stretch without hurting myself. And so my neck all day yesterday was very tight. And I could, I could, I felt like Michael Keaton in the Batman suit. I couldn't really turn left or right. I had to turn my whole body left and right to look around. And it was still bad even when I went to bed last night. And so I had a very hard time sleeping because I would find a position that I was comfortable in and then I would fall asleep. And you know how it is when you fall asleep, like naturally your body shifts positions. And so I would shift and my neck would be like, what are you doing? And it would, a jolt of pain would be like somebody just slapped me in the face and I was immediately awake. So I, I was tossing and turning all night last night. Um, my neck still hurts. I don't know what I did. I pinched a nerve or something. It's not as bad now. 
but it's not that great. So Ugh. I've been I've been dealing with a I've been suffering in silence unless you talk oh, to my wife, been, which I've been complaining about the whole time. Um, <laughs> so that's been that's been my last couple of days, Shaf. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> you know what? Apology accepted, Shaf. Thank you. That's you're being the bigger man, <laughs> and I appreciate that, Shaf. <laughs> uh, by the way, I did figure out which game I was talking about. It's not a Telltale game, mm-hmm. but. The game I thought was a Telltale game is called Star Wars Yoda Stories. Hmm. I haven't heard of this that. This was a 1997 Star Wars Legends video game. It was developed by LucasArts for PC. It was also on Game Boy Color. I did not play it on Game Boy Color. I played it on PC. Um, but it takes place between Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, and it's all about, <laughs> all about Yoda. Um, it's like top down. I'm looking at screenshots of it. Yeah, it's. I just remember very vividly playing this game, and the heck I don't know why I thought it was this? a Telltale game, but it's nothing. Like no, this couldn't be any f- further away from Telltale games. <laughs> wow, uh, I remember loving this game. This was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so the go figure on that. But anyways, that's for our fellow listeners out there. It looks like Legend of Zelda if it was Star Wars. Yeah. Like the old yeah. school Legend of Zelda games, the top down ones. Interesting. Well, I'll probably never play it. <laughs> but shout out to Star Wars Yoda Stories. <laughs> you can put it in your Super Game Boy and you can stream that shit. Maybe. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, anyways, that's our episode on the Atom Project as well as all the geek news. More than you could possibly handle. Um, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, we've already mentioned where you could find us on social media in terms of uh, geek, so to speak, dot com, uh, which has access to all of our social media handles on there. It's a great sort of central loading zone, if you will, to uh, to jump off and and check out all the other podcasts within our podcast network. Um, but if you would like to follow us uh, on social media, perhaps our individual handles, you can find my co-host with the most, Wonder Rob, on Twitter and Instagram, at Wonder Rob, just spelled out, W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. Myself, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Fiverr. I'm also on Twitter, but not at this handle, so don't look for me on Twitter. I don't even use Twitter very much at all. Um, I've but anyways, seen you like some stuff on Twitter. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. Uh, but Fiverr I've been using for my freelance voiceover work. So if you're looking for me, you can find me at Shoff, V-O, S-H-O-F-F, V is in voice, O is in over. Uh, our cinema expert, Cinemark, is available on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And then Vactor of Vactor Loves Comics on Twitter and Instagram at Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. Uh, we're also on Twitch. Uh, I would say Wonder Rob more so than myself, but uh, Wonder Rob does an excellent job through our Twitch handle, which is at Geek So To Speak Podcast. If you're looking for me, I'm on there occasionally, uh, Geek So To Speak Shoff. Um, I just recently had an Elden Ring stream where I got really upset. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> if I have time to stream, then that's where you'll find me. All the streams uh, that we do end up, as well as our episodes and other content, end up on our YouTube channel, Geek So To Speak Podcast. So make sure to check out that. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Follow the the YouTube channel. And also make sure to like and comment because uh, we absolutely do respond back to comments right away. So, Absolutely. 
Um, and like we mentioned before, we are a podcast network now. So geeksotospeak.com forward slash network will be a great spot for you to check out all the other podcasts. Holdo Maneuver for Star Wars, Technological for Star Trek, Sandbox Gamers for all the video game uh, players out there. So uh, next week, we've got a great show lined up for you. What is it? Not going to tell you. <laughs> You're just going to have to <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> there is something special in Star. We can confirm that but we're not gonna say it yet that's right that's right it's gonna be big it's gonna be real big <laughs> and bulbous yeah super bulbous yes <laughs> all right folks well uh any final thoughts wonder rob um let me hop on the internet and find some wookie tts <laughs> right there with you i'll send you the link all right folks <laughs> we will see you next week same geek time same geek channel where's where's my son grob <laughs> I don't. you guys are fucking lame <laughs>